A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary care plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Support Wrestle Talk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Rebel. Now Hello, and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis, and I'm joined not by Luke Owen, but by his replacement while Luke Owen is off doing stuff because sometimes there's stuff outside of weekly wrestling shows on this week post slammiversary week post extreme rules week what a time to take a week off luke it's chopper pete hello hi i feel like there's some serious stuff you need to work through there that that was someone else that came out there's there's no stuff to, to work through there it's just you know luke needs to Work harder. We had we yeah. had a big chat on Monday before he took this week off, everyone. And I said, come on, just uh what what do we need to do while you're away? Because you know, I don't know what you're doing, Luke. That's that's your stuff. What do we need to make sure keeps on ticking over in your absence? And he just essentially said, Oh, Pete should host the uh the Roar and AW podcasts. <laughs> I was like, and and what else? <laughs> You know, other stuff I can I can do when I'm back. Okay, that's good to know. For your review next month. <laughs> Need to give him more jobs. But it's um, nice. Me and you never really get to speak one-on-one. We just do everything over Discord Messenger when we write mm, the scripts together true. in the mornings. Yeah, and I think the only time we speak one-on-one is when we actually have our one-to-one review meetings mm. every month. So yeah, this is this is new, fresh, and exciting. What's been um, going on with you, Chopper Pete? Um, not much. I, you know what? I've got a thing. I'm probably going to talk about it in the outro because it'd take too long to actually talk about it now. I had a whole ordeal setting up this screen today that's behind me that you'll see if you're watching the YouTube version. If you watch the YouTube version as well, you'll see it. The screens we've got at the back of us. It was awful setting up today. I don't. I don't know what happened. It just became really, really difficult, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna rant about it in the outro because gonna have you, you're gonna wait to a longer time to rant about what what is a setup that essentially builds itself. Yes, it's like a yes. constructor con. Yes, it's, it's magnetized in a way where if you just push it slightly, it sets up the whole thing for you. Okay, I I don't know what one you're having, but mine definitely doesn't do that. Um, but anyway, 
we should probably get into talking about yeah. Raw for now. Ugh. We've we've got we've got that old chat to look forward to in the outro. But uh, first, we're just going to be talking about there was some backstage chaos at Raw. Loads of plans getting shifted and scrapped and redone. So here's the show. First, we're going to kick off with this opening subject of all the backstage unrest that sort of started at Extreme Rules, really, and has carried on through to Monday night's episode of Raw and, you know, kind of the next few weeks because all of the next two weeks of TV, because WWE batch tape stuff now in fortnightly tapings, SmackDown and Raw, next week's Raw, were recorded yesterday. And apparently, this didn't get started until four hours after they were meant to. There were multiple things that were torn up, rewritten, not just because of sort of a, a speculative backlash towards the finishes of Extreme Rules, but also because just Vince McMahon has decided in his infinite wisdom that WWE are going to change their entire strategy, really. They're not going to build pay-per-views so much from now which is crazy right because SummerSlam's the next one but the idea now isn't to build to the big shows it's just ratings because wwe has suffered record low ratings over the last couple of months they got rid of Heyman. that saw a temporary increase but it's gone right back down to even lower levels so now it seems the big strategy is tear up everything we have planned bring it forward because we need to have big marquee matches to sell the next two weeks of TV. Yeah, it's really like, it's such a drastic shift from everything we know about WWE in that sometimes, in fact, a lot of the time, especially in recent years, in that we've been so used to the t weekly TV shows being kind of samey, uh, not much story progression. And then they go, but guys, big pay-per-view match by the pay-per-view by the pay-per-view but now we're getting pay-per-view caliber matches seemingly you know every week on the weekly tv show which is great for you know the people who normally don't buy the pay-per-views or don't have access to watch it or whatever because you're getting stuff like it's continental championship matches and even on this show they scheduled you know the raw uh, women's championship match and the wwe championship match are going to happen next week on raw as well so it's actually quite good we're getting a lot of matches that feel big at least on weekly tv which is great but normally you you can have those and then also build to a much bigger story at the big shows that would be you know i i, I would think anyway i'm not a businessman but i think that would make more sense to me the big shows <laughs> well, well segue oh. one of these <laughs> one of these was one of those huge SummerSlam programs, which we reported, Louis Dangle exclusively reported on WrestleTalk.com because we do exclusives now, don't you know? Was Drew McIntyre, his next big program was going to be against Randy Orton. And it seemed the plan was to start building towards that last night, which I, I presume would have seen Drew McIntyre come out in some way at the end of the Randy Orton Big Show match which was the main event of the night. It was unsanctioned and that didn't happen. Instead, they put Drew in another championship match against Dolph Ziggler, where Drew this time gets to choose the stipulation, which is just a way to get a title match onto TV. It's, a, it's kind of, 
I say, you know, I still fully believe they're building to Drew and Dorton, which I can't wait. You know, it's the biggest baby face on Raw versus the biggest heel who's been fantastic since turning back in January. So I'm really excited for that. But I, I kind of was looking forward to a full-on pay-per-view cycle build for that. But the Ziggler match is going to undermine that somewhat. Mm, well, hopefully it's just by the one week because the championship match is next week. And I'm hoping that's just going to be the end of it. And the feud with Orton will actually start as of next week. It won't be, you know, they'll have the championship match. And then the week after it will start the Orton McIntyre stuff. I'm hoping that like Orton comes out after the championship match and attacks Drew or gets involved in some way or whatever it may be. And their feud actually starts as of next week. So there's not that much time lost is what I'm really hoping. Because like you said, this is going to be one of the best, potentially one of the best feuds of the year because there's two characters who've been at the absolute top of their game since, you know, WrestleMania and before, you know, from even as early as January this year around Royal Rumble time. Uh, these guys have been absolutely killing it as top baby face and top heel on Raw. So it makes perfect sense to put them in a feud for SummerSlam. I just want them to do a, a really good story for it. And I'm hoping that this whole orton character isn't just being built because edge is there i'm hoping it's like a no this is a randy orton thing mm. that he's going to take into his other fuse which we've seen with christian and big show which is still kind of the thing that's still twigging for me is that it's still they're still talking about edge it's still very much about edge so i'm hoping that when he transitions to a wwe championship feud it would still be this is randy orton in the character that he's got and they still fully flesh it out in a in a proper feud that's what i like to see anyway i think the edge orton third match is still going to happen. Uh, so that's it's nice. that's long-term booking right there. It's nice to have that in the background. But in the interim, the championship match against McIntyre. <coughs> Another player in all of this that was meant to be there because he was, you know, on all the graphics and even verbally mentioned by several people in their interviews building up to the, the match in the night was Ric Flair. Another thing that had to get ripped up and changed last minute. I don't know why it was so last minute because... The, so, so what's happened, folks, if you haven't watched the WrestleTalk news, is Ric Flair, the New York Post, reported that Ric Flair had tested positive for coronavirus. Ric Flair then came out and said, no, my wife tested positive for coronavirus. I've been self-isolating from her. They've got a huge property. They can effectively have different parts of the house completely by themselves, which is, you know, that's pretty good. So Flair was advertised right up until the point of that the main event happening really, and then just not there at all, not even mentioned. So it's, I don't know, that's really weird. It's not like WWE. That that to me seems like they just changed their mind real, real last minute. And as this New York Post stuff was breaking during the day, maybe that's when they made the call. They thought, oh, we shouldn't, but we've been getting a lot of flack anyway for having flair out there. So now it's kind of being reported that, you know he is at he is at risk it's not the best look for us to use him on this show yeah exactly i, I was i've always been fascinated by the fact that they were still using rick flair at all and i know you and luke have mentioned it several times already ever, ever since he came back and did the heel turn and joint aligned with orton it's like of all people why are you using rick flair like it it did, never made any sense to me so while this might have been a very last minute decision and they still had all the graphics promoting flair I, for one, am just happy that he wasn't there. No mm. disrespect to Ric Flair. I just don't want him to be at risk. And if he's already, you know, potentially at risk, potentially contracted it or living with someone who has contracted it already, then, you know, I just want him to stay as safe as he can be and not out and about, really. 
and for the rest of the roster. It's part of WWE's mm. guidelines. If you come into contact or live with someone who's self-quarantining, you also must self-quarantine. So it's good that he wasn't there. But I think it really showed in the main event that, which, I, you know, I think Orton has consistently had some of the best angles, interviews, matches since his heel turn in January. And I was looking forward to the big show versus Randy Orton mm -hmm. in 2020. I got, but I found it disappointing. I think they had something more planned, whether that was, I personally, I think they're setting up Orton to turn on Flair. I think that's the use of him here. So maybe they couldn't do that. That's why it felt a bit lackluster. The McIntyre program was meant to start. Maybe that's why it didn't feel uh, as special as I thought it would. Anyway, that's just one little thing that changed. We also had an entire faction that was meant to be relaunched the 90s faction, the Nation of Domination, which was led by Farouk back in the day, Ron Simmons, who was weirdly on this show for no reason. So it's one of my favorite parts of the show. Now you know <laughs> why he was there. It's like, oh yeah, right. But why just why not just remove him from TV altogether then? Uh Nation of Domination was sort of a a black power movement style faction that actually launched the career of the rock. It was yeah. it, that's where he first made his name. I don't know what. Well, I, I can make my assumptions why they're bringing it back now, considering the larger societal trends. But apparently, the plan was for Farouk to kind of create a new nation of domination in this very diverse United States Championship picture. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. If I'm honest, mm. I'd much rather it just be MVP's thing because he's been kind of the front runner, and you know he's the architect of getting all these people together. And we even saw it on this show. They had a brief chat with Ron Simmons, who said, "You know, remember what I said? There's another way, or whatever," and then walked off. And then immediately, MVP just got another guy to join his little faction. So he's the guy that's been putting over it. I think it would seem kind of cheap to just have Farouk come in and just be like, nope, you're mine now. It's just, it didn't really sit well with me. Unless MVP is going to build his fantastically called Hurt Business faction. Hurt Business. They oh. don't have members. They have executives. Oh, oh it's brilliant. Um, maybe Farouk is going to head up the, or Ron Simmons, is going to head up the the babyface side of this because mm. they are, you know, well, as we saw on this episode, there was a six-man tag of the Hurt Business, Ron, uh, not Ron Simmons, MVP, Bobby Lashley, new member Shelton Benjamin versus the, the team of Ricochet, Cedric Alexander, and the moving over from SmackDown, Mustafa Ali. Yeah, and... I'm re I, I really like the pairing of Cedric, Ricochet, and Ali, simply because they have a ton of history together. Um, mm. I don't know if they should join like an actual faction, though. I feel like they should just be, we're friends who are helping each other out because we're, you know, there's three of us attacking us, so we're kind of forced together to, to battle this evil and we're friends, we'll help each other out. I don't know if I want to get into proper faction warfare territory because we also got, you know, Zelina's Gang of Sexy Men, we've got Seth with his uh with Monday Night Messiahs. Yeah, that one with Buddy and Austin Theory, who is around question mark. Uh yeah, and, and then AOP. we're gonna and AOP, technically, yes. Um and yeah, and then we could potentially have, you know, Hurt Business and uh New Nation of Domination on top of that. I feel like it might just get a bit samey. Don't get me wrong, I love factions, I think they're great, but I think 
the WWE way of doing things is that if you're in a faction, you can only have that entire faction in the segment and that's it. They can't still be singles guys on top of that. So I don't trust WWE to do it right. <laughs> more factions. I say more <laughs> factions. Uh, of course, also as a part of all of this, no Apollo Crews. He's still out injured. Uh, mm. I think you can make your own spec. Well, no. Dave Meltzer's even said, actually, he said it is coronavirus related. So presumably tested positive and has taken off the show. Um, mm -hmm. Don't know if he's experiencing symptoms or anything, though. Uh, Shayna Baszler was meant to, you know, attack Kyrie Sane, write her off TV. The whole Asuka finish from Extreme Rules, where Sasha Banks stole the title, that was a last-minute change as well. The idea was for Asuka to win clean, still hold the belt, and she would start a feud with Shayna Baszler on this episode. That also didn't happen. It was teased because Shayna Baszler watches on the Kyrie Sane match later on, but nothing that the trigger wasn't pulled. So I think it's just a case of WWE extending out their pay-per-view to actually last over a few weeks of TV to bump those ratings. Yeah, yeah that's entirely what it is, yeah. And they it's very clear that they said, right, we're still going to keep all these plates spinning. We're still going to eventually end up at the same place, but we're just going to do really kind of basic things to keep the feuds going. So it's like, well, Shane is just going to watch TV. She's not going to get involved or anything. She's just going to watch TV in the back and like, well, we're not going to do the nation of domination thing yet, but Ron Simmons will be there and he'll, he'll say something. He can mm. chat with Viking Raiders. Sure. That'll do. So I, th I think that they, you, it's very clear to see what they were going to do. And they've just gone, uh, we'll just put them here. Fine. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to it later. That's what so, it felt like on this show. Yeah, and I guess the big question is, is that a bad idea or a good idea? I don't think... I, I, I think it's... I don't mind them doing this. I, I, SummerSlam is four or five weeks away. You've still got a lot of time to build. And to be honest, there's the ratings are in the toilet. That WWE yeah. can't just sit back and go, well, let's just take these on the chin. It's such a shame that they haven't been able to find this combination of what Paul Heyman was doing, which was steadily building up the stars for the future, well, as best as he could, because Vince McMahon would pull the rug out from underneath them. But, you know, I think we can look back on that era and say, ah, oh, it did actually miss some big-time drawing storylines. Whereas now, they've, they've gone too much the other way. It's Ric Flair, it's Big Show, it's Randy Orton, it's Christian. So, and, and the guys that are meant to be the future are getting lost in the shuffle. So yeah, I, for me, I think, I, I don't mind them doing this. I, I actually think it's quite smart. Yeah, I, I, I'm in agreement with you. I, I think, especially when you have these kind of no fans shows or you know the NXT talent as the crowds, you need to make the shows as exciting as you can, really, because I think a lot of people are being put off by you know, the, just the environment of being in the performance center. So I think having, you know, big title matches and having, you know, stars that people recognize, it's, it is going to help them, I hope anyway, because I, I do want their ratings to increase. It might <laughs> seem anti-WWE sometimes, but I do want them to do well. Um, yeah, so I, I, I think having these title matches, having consistent, like, you've got this thing to look forward to next week. Um, is always going to be a good thing because occasionally, like we've seen in the past when they had the fans shows, the stories could get quite repetitive um, when, you know, the stories never really seem to progress too much from week to week. Um, so, yeah, I think having more short-term kind of short bursts of 
here's here's this championship here's this championship over here you can look forward to this story next week this is the number one contenders match kind of thing i'm like yeah cool i'm all for big matches all the time Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Fun Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Fun Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Amorons. Let's say thank you to our $25 a month or more pledge hammers on Patreon. Thank you, Peter Fiber, Brontus. Woo! Thank you very much. Woo. Infinite Crisis, Chris Jenkins. Leroy! <laughs> Moving sideways, Karen Crabtree. Woo! Thank you very much. Always leave the crowd wanting Brian Moore. Woo. Yeah. Full of flavour, Sean Blamford. He's Woo, bad. thank you very much. Mr. Patreon 1000, Mike Perry. Thank Woo. you. Groovy, Dylan Powers. Woohoo! Thank you very much. The second coming, Kev Jr. Yeah! Ooh. 
the you. beauty, not the beast, Limbell. Hey, thank you very much. All-star, Chuck Turner. All-star. And nerf this, Eva Martinez. Woo, thank you very much. And finally for today, the one and only Gabriel. Woo. Thank you, everybody, all so much. You pay for our Christmas parties. Let's see what you guys thought in the su- 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 super chat. Get those in because we will read out every single one on this episode. Uh, but a few for now. Bacon Rasher says, Do you think Seth will get more in his faction with MVP now building one? Also, Pete, with all the chaos at tapings, did WWE put on a decent show? I thought three out of five high. Not agreeing with Ollie for a change. Uh, I went ever so slightly higher than Ollie for my rating. I thought it was a high two out of five. It was it was just shy of being like an average show because it felt a little bit pedestrian, but it was slightly higher than your just two out of five. A lot of people were like, how dare you give Extreme Rules four out of five yesterday? <laughs> and, you know, I was, I was wondering, oh, I wonder what they gave it then. Three out of five. <laughs> Is it worth how, arguing? How dare you? It's a two out of five show. Okay, there's only two points in it then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, But yes, Seth, I would like, I I mean, I'd like to see the members of his faction return first. I'd like to see Mm. a kind of full on Monday Night Messiah with Theory, with AOP, with Murphy before he he adds any others. Uh, FM, more like Suzuki Goon backstage at WWE Raw. Hey, New Japan jokes. We got them. Very nice. Uh, we watch wrestling too. Tip <laughs> FM. Job JJ496. Shout out to the NXT guy who shouted eye for an eye for the WWE Championship match stipulation. Oh, what a beautiful man. I highly suspect I'm going to talk about it later because we've got a thing later. But Let's talk about it now. Let's talk okay, about this let's just now. Do it now. All this right. guy is the freaking hero of the episode. He made me <laughs> laugh so much twice. <laughs> It was so good. As it as he came in, there was uh, one part where uh, Drew and Dolph were talking about the stipulation that Drew could be picking uh, for next week for the championship match. And one of the guys in the crowd just shouted out, eye for an eye, which was brilliant because even your own NXT talent are mocking your booking, which was great. Also, something that I noticed that uh, two people did uh, on this show, which was Dolph Ziggler and Stephanie McMahon, both called it the horror show Extreme Rules, specifically saying like, oh yeah, that was a horror show, wasn't it? And mm. like Dolph was being like, yeah, when it was at the horror show Extreme Rules, they ne- they didn't use the at, which is the branding. Come on, guys. Well, um, when it's written that clunkily, in, in a way <laughs> yeah. that no human would ever speak, when, when you write stuff for SEO, yeah, that the performers are going to have a, a hard time pronouncing it. That is that is true, yeah. Um, and then there was uh, another time when it was uh, Orton and Big Show in the main event, right after Orton, spoilers, won the match, and he punted Big Show afterwards. As, again, probably the same guy, just shout out, just like, take his eye! Which is just, <laughs> oh, 
he's the best. And for those of you who've been watching the uh, SmackDown reviews on Saturdays, you'll know that this is not the first time that people in the crowd have been heckling the WWE product. Uh, there was one guy who I'm actually going to play him now. They've been the SmackDown highlights of the week over there. Um, there was uh, one guy who, after AJ Styles hit a Styles Clash on Drew Gulak, he was not a fan of AJ. <laughs> which is amazing. I love it. What was that? And you I, suck AJ. Yeah. You yes. suck AJ. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, but I think probably even better was from the last week's show on a moment of bliss when Alexa Bliss let down Nikki Cross and said, sorry, you're not my special guest for a moment of bliss this week. Someone wasn't very happy about it. You are not my special mystery guest tonight. Are you nuts? Are you nuts? Are you nuts? Funnily enough, that was edited out of the YouTube version of that. Oh, Don't think they were very happy. Oh, man. Magic. I love beautiful. that. Yeah, so that's that's all listen out for him in all of WWE's shows now uh, because they, they need to main event SummerSlam. Raw opened with a recap of the eye for an eye angle, uh, Extreme Rules on Sunday. I don't consider that the main event storyline on Raw right now. I think the uh, the women's division stuff is. I thought that would have been a better recap, but I, I think WWE it it got them a lot of press because it's a good headline to run with. It's a sexy sort of thumbnail image you can make. That everyone, you know, sort of mainstream news outlets picked it up as a sort of grotesque look at this article. Um, so yeah, I think they they opened with that, and I, you know, that's probably the right move. It's still rubbish though, watching it back. It's it's totally. like sure, it got a lot of mainstream attention, but that mainstream attention was kind of wow, look how stupid wrestling is. Which I, I did there's the the old adage of all publicity is good publicity. I don't particularly agree. Nope. I I think it was kind of dumb. Um, not a hot take, I don't think, to say that. Mm. Um, yeah, and I think the like you said, the the press they got was pretty was pretty overwhelmingly negative. And even though people are searching for Rey Mysterio I now, I'm sure there was loads more Google searches for that. That's not really gonna translate into people continuing to watch a weekly product, I wouldn't think. Yeah, we'll, we'll see when the ratings come out, but I'm not optimistic, but I hope I'm wrong. Mm. Or maybe not, because that means they'll just do more stuff like this. Anyway, That's Seth true. comes out. He cuts a... I, I, people keep ragging on this character. I love Seth's character. I love his promo work. I really liked how he, he's, you know, he, he said, look, this is what you all wanted. You wanted me to become the savior of Monday Night Raw, and this is what I'm doing. So yeah. I had to get rid of Ray, and now I can form Raw in my own image. Yeah, I I really like this promo. I think Rollins has really come into his own in terms of promos. Like, he was never bad at promos, but I wouldn't consider him, like, the best or anything. But he's now cutting, like, pretty consistently really top-tier promos as this Messiah gimmick that he's got. I think he's really found something that he really naturally portrays and i think this character is fantastic and i really like this promo because he was essentially and there was a little bit while still maintaining the character he still kind of blurred the lines a little bit saying this is what you guys wanted you were booing me you turned me heel <laughs> it was you fans were booing and turned me heel now i'm heel and you're still booing me come on this is what you guys wanted it was 
really effective in what it what it set out to do. And him wanting to build Raw in his own image is perfect for him. It's great character motivation. It's just, yeah, what, what's wrong with it? I don't know. It's great. Yeah, I just think people people don't like the sort of cult style. They, they find mm. it a bit hokey. I, I, for one, really like it, though. Uh, this brought Alistair Black as kind of the guy who was going to stand up for Raw. And they had a, a pretty decent match where Black's arm was worked over initially. He's left arm he's right his right arm right and arm. Yeah. that that you think oh, okay i know this story seth's gonna win pretty easily now but actually black just hit a black mass on seth almost won it at one point until murphy ran him but there was no dq uh there because murphy didn't touch him so, and then and then like alistair really took it to rollins i thought black looked really really strong so it's a bit unfortunate that seth ended up just beating him eventually and then Murphy and Seth beat up Black afterwards. Yeah, and it was not a small beatdown either. It went on for quite a bit, and they absolutely annihilated him afterwards. And it was just like, it, it, it wasn't a weak finish because it was a stomp and a pin, but it was just like, he just kind of did like an arm twist to get him mm. to the ground, did the stomp, and it was a slow pin as well to get over to Black took a while to cover him, pinned him, and then, yeah, he got beat down pretty bad afterwards. Like, went down and took his arm apart, beating him on the outside for a bit, just throwing his arm into the into the ring post, uh, took apart the table, the top bit of the table, and st- stamped his arm on that. Like, it was good character work from Rollins, just being like, who's here to save you? I- I'm your savior. The only person that's here is the Messiah. And then, like, stomped on his arm, which was nice, but, like, yeah, he was doing really well in the match, and then they just went like, and stop. Yeah, well, that line, I'm glad you picked up on it, the mm. who's here to save you, I, that jarred with me because when that happened, and, and Meltzer has said the same thing in his review, like you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, the, the two, three months of story that I've just watched of Seth versus Ray, there are people to save him. Umberto Carrillo's going to come out. Literally last week, Kevin Owens was all up in their corner. Dominic, a huge part of the Ray feud, has been trying to get his revenge on Seth Rollins. So that that line of who's here to save you now is a setup line for someone to coming to save him. But no one came out. And it just I it it, it undermined the overall feud because you're like, oh, okay, well, I was kind of invested in all of these people going after Seth. But where's Kevin Owens? Where's Dominic? Carrillo might, you know, you could explain away as Kayfabe injured, but KO should have been down there right away. Yeah, exactly. It, it potentially exposed. I don't. This is pure speculation on my part, but like, it really kind of exposed that maybe they had something else planned, and they they had that line in there originally and just didn't take it out. Uh, and they had someone coming to save Black, but they just left the line in because it sounded cool uh, for Seth to do. But it did kind of just mess up the story a little bit. Like I said, it was a last minute decision, so you know, entirety of Raw being rewritten. So it's very possible that something small like that could just slip through the cracks. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, after that, we got Farouk, the first sighting of a random Farouk backstage. He's talking to MVP and Lashley. Then R-Truth rocks up and holding a frying pan because he's wacky. And Shelton Benjamin pinned him to become the new 24-7 champion and join their faction. Yeah, which is just good, I think. I, I'd rather that Shelton just just joined, I think. I don't think him being 24-7 champion matters or means anything. I think it would be better, almost, if he beat up R-Truth and then said, 
don't need the title and just like part mm. it off and then just join this. And no, I'm better than that, actually, because I think the 24-7 title has been very much treated as a comedy joke belt. And for them to legitimately want to win it makes them look like jokes. So I'd much rather that Shelton said, I'm kind of past it now. I'm much better than this. I'm going to join the Hurt Business, who actually wants to do real wrestling for the US title and the WWE Championship. Yeah, I'll go with them instead and just I'll, I'll leave you alone now. I, I think that would have been more effective, but I still do like the addition of Shelton Benjamin to the, uh, to the team there, to Hurt Business. Yeah, it's like if Benjamin was added as a serious competitor, then you'd be like, oh, yeah, a revamp of Shelton Benjamin. But him joining with the 24-7 title reminds me of this. <laughs> Do you remember that storyline? I totally forgot until you just mentioned it. Well, he God. just popped up a few weeks looking to the left and then yeah. would animate to the side of the screen. Yeah, and, and then they never followed it again. I, I don't understand. Speaking of never following up again... <laughs> What I was gonna do to that. The SmackDown hacker storyline. I'm the Segway King here, Chopper. God damn it! You can take God, that description away, though. Yeah. So yeah, it came out afterwards with the the three of them now with MVP with his new US title with Bobby Lashley and now with Shelton Benjamin. It all came out, and he was saying, "I'm still the US champ. I'm the best. We're the Hurt Business. Got a new executive. We're awesome." Uh, and then uh, Cedric Alexander and Ricochet came out, had some not great lines. A bit of oh, WWE yeah. comedy thrown in. It wasn't great. Um, but then they said, uh, MVP was just like, well, you know what? We'll do a tag match. There's two of you. Pick whichever two of us you want to face and we'll get this over with. And they said, no, we've actually got a third man. Uh, it's not Apollo. Uh, you know, he's still recovering from injury. Um, but they said, yeah, we've got someone else. It's actually Mustafa Ali who came out. And I was like, oh, that's, well, he's not the hacker then, is he? <laughs> that's mm. i was like oh it's great to see him oh no could be <laughs> so that could still I, be could still be i get the feeling that they've just dropped it though yeah and that would be unfortunate but it led into a six-man tag uh for this one which was cedric gets worked over ricochet gets worked over mustafa gets the hot tag mustafa wins um highlight of the match for me though mustafa ali's suicide dive torpedo of awesomeness god it was great it was Bobby Lash on the outside, uh, Cedric and Ricochet both go out. Lashley catches both of them in like choke slam positions and trying to wrestle them. And the camera work was fantastic because it was just on Lashley and these two like wrestling together. And then Mustafa Ali from out the side of the shot, like the speed of a bullet, just shoom, straight into Bobby Lashley and knocked him straight over the commentary table. I thought it was amazing. It looked so cool. That is the dive of someone who's been charging up for seven months. This is yeah. Ali's first match this year. Yeah, it's insane, isn't it? Which Absolutely means it's insane. his first match in four years in lockdown time. That's true, yeah. Yeah, It's um, yeah, and then Ali got the win, like you said, over MVP. I imagine there is going to be some kind of feud building there. I love mm -hmm. Ali. I'm so glad to see him on TV. And I, but this whole sort of division that's happened around the United States title, I, do, I don't know how I feel about it. Because, mm. you know, it's it's very diverse. But then is it? Because you, what you've essentially done is just put all of your sort of minority wrestlers in one division. And yeah. I, I, I said in my review, review I, I quite like the poetic nature of that. 
because they're feuding over the United States title. It feels very mm. topical right now. But that hasn't really played into anything. But it's just it's it's such it's it's such an odd thing to do looking at the whole show where you would put everyone into one storyline effectively. That I I've got to think it's building to some kind of racially motivated payoff, which I I guess would be the relaunch of the Nation of Domination as as has been reported. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see where it goes, but it seems like even like the uh, more minor players in the feud are also kind of being thrown in as well. Like when you saw, you know, there was Ron Simmons was on this episode who was talking to Bobby Lashley and MVP and then R-Truth came in and then Shelton Benjamin was added and then like Mustafa Ali comes back. I'm like, it's all, <laughs> they all go in one one place. Like it's, it seemed yeah. very, very on the nose. Uh, mm. on I, I noticed it a lot more this episode than I have uh, before, um, before on previous episodes. So... <laughs> Yeah, like you said, I, I hope it is leading to something significant in that regard, um, and I and I just hope that it doesn't. They don't actually add many more people to it. I think it's probably reached its capacity at this point. I don't want like the street profits to drop their raw tag titles, and oh, suddenly God. they get they get shoved into this. Like that would be awful. So yeah, like I said, I'm hoping it just leads to something good out of it. Cautiously optimistic. It's just that yes. You know, WWE don't have the best track record with this sort of stuff. Let's see what happens. The, the torpedo yeah. dive was excellent. Was um, we got a autumn promo uh, sort of building the Big Show match. There's Ron Simmons again. Now he's talking with the Viking Raiders. Big Show video package. Uh, Christian had an interview sort of remotely with Samoa Joe saying that autumn's scary. And he, he, he talked about Ric Flair. As if Ric Flair was going to be on the show. Yeah, it's so weird. And they, they did their very serious voice for this one because, you know, I, I, I just don't think I'm ever going to be the same again. Or mm. just, you know, he's, he's, he's just so so sadistic uh, for everything he does. How many times, I'd like to see a counter, by the way, how many times can people describe Randy Orton as sadistic on this show? It felt like every single person, I think Big Show said it three times in his promo that he did. It's absurd. Use other words, WWE. Find it's a sadistic. Thesaurus. It's sadistic. <laughs> It's the greatest match of all time. You've got to get... That's the, the rule of promotion. You just hammer it in until it bleeds out of your skull. Mm. Uh, after that, we got the rematch of Peyton Royce versus Ruby Riot. Bianca Belair was sort of talking up Riot backstage, but she didn't come out for the actual match, which Ruby Riot won pretty quickly with a with a, uh, a Riot kick. That's her finisher, isn't it? Yeah. That is it, yeah. Uh, and Peyton Royce, who, you know, beat her a couple of weeks ago, was beaten. Now, what was really weird is that there was no Billy Kay out there. And the commentators just said, well, Billy Kay's not here because she's got other business. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, are you not even trying anymore? <laughs> no, they're not on assignment. They're not doing this thing or that thing. It's, I think they've just exhausted every reason to explain why people are sporadically missing from their shows. Yeah, it was so strange. When they had the little backstage promo with Bianca and Ruby and Peyton just before the match as well, and then Peyton was just saying, like, yeah, she's not in it. She's doing business. It's none of your beeswax or whatever it is that she said. I was like, really, guys? Like, come on. 
anything, mm. anything to explain it. You know, she's she's away strategizing for something. I don't know. Do, do anything. Just say she's not doing other business. It's like local medical facility. It's just mm. a phrase that they've used. It's made no sense. Also, don't get the story of Ruby Bryant winning. I thought the point was that she couldn't win by herself <laughs> until she had Liv Morgan. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, that that's a, that's another storyline that kind of had to be dropped because certain people, for whatever reason, aren't available right now, and they thought, oh, well, let's just put Bel Air in here instead. And you know, it's just a victim of circumstance. It's not like this Riot Squad versus iconic storyline was going to be the second coming of the mega powers imploding uh and then we got know. well yeah 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 we <laughs> I, I could have been proved wrong after that we got the street profits in a non-title match i believe uh against andrade and angel gaza uh this was something that's been built up but i i i found myself apart from montez ford's winning frog splash which was incredible I found myself feeling this was a, a bit of a waste of two teams in a match. Yeah, totally. I, I thought this was a fine match, nothing too spectacular, which is a shame when you're looking at Angel Garza, Andrade and the Street Profits, who are all really, really good. Um, and yeah, it just kind of ended as well. It was kind of sudden. There was just, uh, you know, Montez hit his fantastic frog splash. And they just won clean. No Gaza and Andrade dissension, no Selena interference kind of thing. It was just, they just won. Um, which I guess is good for the Raw Tag Champs to win, but like this felt like this was built up a lot to be something more. And then they they kind of, they tried to redeem it later on with, you know, Zelina backstage saying, uh, what's going on with you guys? I need to always look after you two. It's like, well, that didn't happen in the match. They, they just lost. They didn't, yeah. there was no dissension. There was no tension. Uh, and they said they had to prove they were on the same page or whatever. So they, it was like they were telling a story that wasn't there. Yeah, it, it's and it they've really been dismantled as an act over the last month, just being used as fodder in the big show art and stuff, which is such a shame because they're bloody excellent and they could be something really, really cool. And just you look at Raw's tag division now. Who is who is there? Yeah, literally the Street Profits who are the champions, they've, you know, their stuff with the Viking Raiders is done. Uh, I've got no interest in a Gaza-Andrade match again because they would just beat them really easily here. That's it. I guess you've got Alexander and Ricochet, but they've not been protected. Is there anyone else? I can't think of a single other tag team that's active. Yeah, no, I think you, mm. I think you might be right with that one. Well, let's go over to the women's division, who yes. have, have more tag team depth than the, the Raw men's uh, tag division, because Banks and Bailey came out with all of the gold, and Banks cuts this great promo, because it's got, it's got truth in it. That's what I loved about her heel justification, and that she actually fought to win this title. Win, being in air quotes there, because, you know, to technically, legally... By WWE's rules, she didn't. It was just Bailey counting the pin. But Asuka, for comparison, was just handed the title by Becky Lynch. I loved that comparison. Yeah, I thought it was great. I, I even thought Bailey's justification for why she counted the pin 
also like mm. half made sense in, in a heel way it half made sense of saying like look the referee was incapacitated i didn't you know i didn't steal his t-shirt someone needed to officiate the match i was there so i just put on the t-shirt and i counted the pin and it happened to be for sasha banks you know it was just just coincidence that that happened and it's like obviously she's being a heel but it kind of makes sense. Like you could buy it in a different scenario. I, yeah, I thought it was a really solid promo. I, I've always been a, a big fan of the Bailey and Banks act. I think they've been doing such incredible work. And this is just, just another example of it. Uh, and this brought out the Kabuki Warriors with Asuka extremely annoyed. And they, it looks like they're just about to brawl. Yes, please. When Stephanie McMahon appears on the Titan Tron. <sighs> All of the tension and dramatic <laughs> intrigue was sucked out of this segment. I, I, I've seen a lot, like some people have, have reacted to this, like, oh, cool, Stephanie turned back up. Or, ah, oh, it's good that Stephanie's actually stepped in here because what, what a cluster F the Extreme Rules match was. And that, or, the, or the finish. I'm just like, I, I have no, I thought we don't have authority figures. And I, I just, I, Stephanie always I, I don't know whether it's because she's just got such a forceful personality but she steamrolls anyone she's in a segment with it's always her who comes out looking on top no one looked <coughs> excuse me no one looked better coming out of this match so this segment than stephanie herself she's just got this inability to not get people over and then then more infuriatingly i think she really confused matters and what was already quite confusing, WWE should be standing by Asuka. That is Asuka's championship. Sasha Banks should be holding the belt hostage. That's where the heat comes from, right? That makes Asuka seem cool, and it makes Banks seem dastardly, but also a little bit cool. And I want to see them fight so Asuka can get her title back. But Stephanie says, no, you, you aren't the champion, Asuka, because you didn't win the match. <laughs> Which just doesn't make any sense. Literally does not make any sense. Because like like you said, like Banks got a visual pin. How many times have people got visual pins in matches before and they don't win the match? Like countless, countless times in wrestling history. So Banks isn't the champion. Good. She shouldn't be the champion. She didn't win. Asuka should be the champion because she has champion's advantage and she didn't lose the belt. The belt can only change on pinfall and submission. It can't change on countouts and DQs when you're a normal champion. That's your champion's advantage. And she didn't lose legitimately, which means she shouldn't lose the title. Doesn't make any sense. Didn't get it. Whatever. Stupid. It, it's just a way to build this this sort of rematch. Was it two weeks time or is it next week? I think it's next week. Oh, wow. Um, but yes, I guess that's another... Rain for vacant. This turned into Kyrie Sane versus Bailey, where we had uh, Shane Baszler watching on backstage. Just very quickly, I just wanted to point out that they specifically said that for this rematch, neither of them have champions advantage. So that in the next one, the title can change hands, specifically on the graphic said by pinfall, submission, countout, disqualification, or if someone interferes. That's redundant. If someone interferes, that is a DQ. Come on, <laughs> WWE, sort it out. Uh, all the text just isn't aligning properly on that graphic. <laughs> yeah. We need a few extra words. I'll just say that thing again yeah. in a different yeah, yeah. way. That'll that'll balance it out. That'll justify the text. But yeah, that was followed by Sane versus Bailey, which was yeah, it started off a bit slow. Um, but they, there's been so many good matches between these four in the last couple of weeks. 
that I was like, oh, this is like the weakest of the bunch. Still enjoyable. But I thought the last few minutes were really, really exciting. Uh, Asuka and Kyrie Sane just love a backfist. Love a backfist <laughs> on someone. Oh. And then a kick out of the insane elbow. Bailey gets her leg on the ropes. Uh, but Bailey ultimately goes to hit the belly to Bailey. Seen this one before. And Kyrie rolls her up and wins. Mm. And it was a really smooth looking roll up. I really enjoyed the transition from it because you kind of lifted her up. It wasn't like she caught her. And then I've seen it several times where, you know, someone gets caught in the thing and then they just drop and do the roll up. She like mm. lifted her up and in midair, she kind of crossed it and turned it on itself in midair. It was, it was really cool. I really liked the roll up. It was a shocking result. I really enjoyed it. And supposedly Kyrie Sane is now done with wwe as of these tapings uh they also take this week's smackdown and next week's raw so she may turn up on either of those shows but as of today she's going to be going back to japan when she can to try and be with her husband um if this was her send-off match because it's nice for them to, to gift her a victory i'm not optimistic that it is though i think it, they've given her a victory to build her up so they can tear her down again before she goes and and so should they yeah like she yeah that's what should happen uh, when someone's going out the company, you, you use them to get heat for someone else. You you have the Banks versus Asuka rematch next week. And at the end of it, Asuka retains, Baszler comes out, kills everyone, but kills Sane the most. And there's a new program. So yeah, hopefully that's what happens. It certainly seemed to be set up here. Uh, after that, we got the Drew McIntyre ring ring promo. Uh, I really actually like this segment. I don't... I don't care for a Ziggler McIntyre rematch, although, you know, their match at Extreme Rules was really, really good, actually. Uh, but Ziggler comes out and he's like, you know, classic Ziggler promo. And if this was a if this was another month, like a, a year ago or two years ago, and Roman Reigns was the champion and Ziggler walked out being like, I, I saw fear in your eyes, Roman Reigns would go, yeah, all right then, I accept your challenge. Like a dumbass, like a dumb baby face. But Drew McIntyre looked at him and said, I literally beat you 24 hours ago in a match that you picked the stipulation for. Bugger off. <laughs> I just, it was so refreshing. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I always like it when baby faces maintain logic. It's yeah. nice, isn't it? Um, and I thought... Even though it started off as the classic Dolph Ziggler promo being like, I saw fear in your eyes, I deserve one more shot. After Drew was like, no. And then he just headbutted him and walked off just like, stop it. You're not getting another title shot. I like that Dolph then switched it to pure desperation mode. Just mm. being like, no, 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 please, please give me a title shot. I'll do anything. You can pick the stipulation. Just give me a title shot. Uh, which I really like the switch from it instead of being like, I deserve it to I need it. Uh, yeah. which was a, a nice a nice touch, I thought. And Drew being like, you know what? Fine. If I get to pick the stipulation, fine. And I'm not going to tell you it. I'm going to tell you it just before the bell rings. Which is like, I liked it. I'm not super pumped for the match because it's still Ziggler. But it did get me Drew to be like, oh, so what's Drew going to pick? Yeah, exactly the same for me. What What do you think he's going to pick? You know what? I'm I'm... I think, to assert dominance, I think that Drew is going to go, and we're going to have a singles match. Beat me, and he's going to like, and he's just going to be like, "I'll just beat you. It doesn't matter. I don't need a fancy stipulation to beat you again. I will beat you fair and square." Mm. Done. 
Yeah. But yeah, anticlimactic. Anticlimactic <laughs> as hell, but it's the WWE thing to do. Uh yeah, I, I don't I don't know what uh I don't know what it could be, but I didn't know what Sunday's stipulation could be. And I thought they they actually found the answer. I was really, really impressed with it. Um so yeah, I Drew McIntyre doesn't seem to have bad storylines. Lana tried her best, but Bobby <laughs> Lashley was still a good storyline. So hopefully that's the case. Although, again, you know, we defer to the man in the crowd. Eye for an eye. <laughs> uh, and then we got the main event. Big Show cut a promo about being a tiger. <laughs> it's, it's a bit I, tack. I, I listened to the promo and then I went to write my notes and I was like, I can't tell you anything he just said. It's... Oh, it just sweeps over you, doesn't it? It's yeah. just this garbage WWE speak. Uh, but he but definitely the did call him sadistic several times. The actual match was, we've already kind of covered it, it was Big Show weirdly on top for, for a good portion. Uh, Gaza and Andrade ran down to give Orton the advantage, but then the Viking Raiders got rid of them. Didn't really play into anything. Uh, I think they were clutching at straws because the Ric Flair stuff they obviously had planned wasn't available to them. Uh, Choke slam, Randy, uh, sorry, Big Show kicked out of an RKO. Uh, Show went through a table. They tried, I guess, but I, I thought it was plodding and a bit boring. Mm, yeah, I, I think the actual in-ring action wasn't great, um, but that's not surprising, honestly. Not to diss the Big Show. He's not as young as he used to be. Um, still, you know, massive respect for the guy, but I don't think it was the, quite the same caliber of like, you know, some of the on edge matches we've seen. And even like the, the Christian match was kept to an angle more than anything mm. else. And I think this should have maybe gone down a similar vein. Um, I didn't mind the match too much, not necessarily from the in-ring action, but the actual story they were telling. And just like, I think they what they were trying to go for, perhaps I'm giving WWE too much credit here, was that, Big Show kind of almost took Orton by surprise. He kind of came out hot, kind of got in control, and it was like, well, Orton's just like, well, I can't, I can't get out the gates, I can't get in my offense. Mm. But as soon as he took momentum, he like he just didn't stop. It was just like, yeah, cool, RKO, RKO, rope hanging, DDT, pin, punt. It was just like, and then it was just kind of dominant from then on, which I don't mind too much. It was, it was a decisive victory. It wasn't like he got a fluke roll up or uh, an RKO from out of nowhere with no other offense. I thought he did well to win, but it was just a bit weird to get to that point. Didn't quite gel, but it was yeah. okay. Yeah, a bit, bit of a nothing finish, not a bad finish, mm. just a bit, bit meh, I thought. Uh, but overall, uh, yeah, I gave show. It, <laughs> yeah, I gave it two out of five. I just thought there was there was nothing, really. It was a bit of a yeah. nothing show. Exactly. Uh, whereas you gave it a high 2.5. Yeah, yeah, a high two out of five, because I thought there was a little bit more redeemable stuff from that in that there was some stuff that I'm looking forward to next week. There's good setup. I'm looking forward to the championship matches. It's just, yeah, none of the stories really seem to progress that much. Yeah. Uh, so let's get in with all of your super chats. Nate drops surname. Since the title can be won by DQ, Bailey attacks Sasha during the match. Bailey can say she did it to give Sasha the title, but that can start the split. Support each other. Oh, that's actually quite interesting. That's a um, really good bit of booking. Yeah, that does mean that Asuka loses, though, which 
I don't know. If they're going to go into Baszler like Asuka, it seems like Asuka's going to retain. But I did predict Banks to win at Extreme Rules. So who knows? Dylan from Cork. Long time no see, chaps. Hi, Dylan. Hi, Ashleen, as well. Hope all's well. Raw was a decent show. Drew is such a great champion. Hope to see him and Autumn feud soon. Well, I, you know, I think it's going to start as of next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony Brewer. What stipulation do you think McIntyre will pick for his match next week with Ziggler also? It's my birthday. Can I get a shout out? Hashtag jam that jam. Jam that jam. Happy also. birthday. Jam the birthday jam, Anthony. Ha- Hat birth. Um, I don't know what he's going to pick. I, I, I don't want him to do something that's going to really stack the odds against Ziggler because then he's kind of a heel. So I want it to be like a fair thing, but I, I don't really know. That's why I said a singles match earlier. But How about a lumberjack match of every NXT star who's been called up to have their first feud or act <laughs> with Dolph Ziggler? There's a bit of Ghosts of Ziggler past. Ejam King. Hey, guys. Great content as usual. Thank you. Off topic, but does anyone remember Otis's Mr. Money in the Bank? I forgot to. <laughs> Who does he cash in on? Drew, Braun, Fiend? Or does he cash in on a women's belt and gift Mandy Rose a title? I think any of those are reasonable, honestly. I don't know what's happening with Otis. <laughs> I, when he does cash in, I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. I think they're going to hold on to that and then they're going to destroy Otis as a character. No one's going to care anymore. And then they'll be like, look, guys! Otis has cashed in. And we'll be like, oh, yeah, that was like last year. Uh, Valab Mamadipudi. Oh, wow. The NXT guy in the crowd is the closest thing to a real crowd of one in WWE since the COVID era started. What a guy. Interview him, Dangor. Well, I I can tell you, Louis is actually a big fan of his work. (laughs) Black Adam. Sorry, sorry, we just rib Louie about starting every interview with Big Fan of Your Work. Big Fan of Your Work. <laughs> but he's great, he's great. And he genuinely does love everybody. Oh, Black God. Adam, when the heckler got Seth to laugh in the middle of his promo, I almost died. Seth was like, Rey Mysterio, can't see, can't see out of his eye. <laughs> I didn't hear that heckle. I didn't hear that bit. That Is it the great. same guy? Oh, what? D- reveal yourself. I, awesome I have a feeling... Member. My my my. This is pure speculation on my part. My theory is that it's Rick Boogs. He seems like the kind of guy that would do it. Yeah, Nate drops surname. I said on the Twitter that Black will now return to face Seth in an arm for an arm match. <laughs> Going to be Seth's gimmick from now, targeting body parts. Yeah, and eventually it will just get to a head head for a head match, and someone will just get decapitated to win. Yeah, uh, to get ahead. In the division. If Seth wore a sort of necklace of all the dismembered body parts that he collected, <laughs> that could be cool. House of Fjord. Hurt Business is Beatdown Clan version 2. Yes, Beatdown Clan was awesome. Uh, Bringer Avar. I got so bored watching Raw last night. I genuinely can't wait for Impact tonight. Slammiversary was fantastic. Rock on emoji. First time Super Chat, by the way. Thank you, Bringer Ovar. I hope I said your name right. Yeah, I agree. I am also looking forward to reading the spoilers of Impact tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, I just don't have the time. There's so much wrestling. I'll definitely watch the clips. Loved mm. the start of BTE this week. If you haven't already, have you watched it? I've seen what happens. Oh, I haven't seen it. So funny. 
they yeah. do a they do a flashback when the Bucks met with Gallows and Anderson, but really it was filmed, you know, very recently. Totally. And they just talk. Gallows and Anderson just talk how excited they are about joining WWE. <laughs> it is fantastic, and yeah. they're like, "These guys are launch- going to launch a promotion. What are they talking about?" And like Luke Gallows, so funny. He's like, "That there are two guys called Paul in that company. I really want to work for." <laughs> And Carl Anderson sits back and says, you want to tag with Triple H? I, I respect that, man. It's just really good. Uh, and Nate drops surname. How cool would FTRKO be in this story instead of Andrade and Angel coming down? So glad FTR went to AEW, though. Yeah, FTRKO was fantastic. It's a shame mm. they cut it off after, what, two weeks? Three weeks? Yeah. Wasn't very long, was it? Uh, we got some WWE related super chats now. Uh, Sean Dunn said, uh, More factions, please. Oh, I gotta guess what I said earlier. Um, uh, more factions, please, WWE, and get something like a DX Nation rivalry. Then, when the crowd comes back, debut the Undisputed Era Faction Warfare. Shock it. Shock the system. Shock that system. Uh, Ejam King again said, uh, Oh, no, this is the same one as earlier. Mm. Um, yeah, we've already talked about that. Otis being Mr. Money in the Bank. Uh, Lindsay Long said, uh, I think I'm done with WWE now. Enough is enough. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people have just thought, I'm going to come back to wrestling when it's got fans again. Uh, but I would recommend Impact and AEW. Don't give up with wrestling as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and New Japan as well. There's so mm-hmm. much good wrestling out there. Um Lindsay Long again uh, just said, looking forward to Drew versus Triple H at WrestleMania, lol. <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah. yeah, I can totally see that happening. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we've got some general wrestle talk related super chats as well. Uh, Michael Dominguez said, uh, eye surgery Thursday morning, send me some good jujus. Well, I hope good it's luck. not a globe luxation. Oh, yeah, that would be terrible, wouldn't it? But uh, good but yeah, good, good luck with that surgery. Uh, Alistair Gammon said, happy birthday, Pete. You thought we'd forgotten. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Pete. Thanks, bud. Uh, Just No Yes said, Ollie Tor, uh, where is Simon? And when is uh, music punishment for WrestleMania? Hoping you guys are all safe from Sweden. From Sweden. Uh, So housemate Simon is working in another job now. Don't worry, it's all cool. Um, but the yeah, he's just gone elsewhere. And music punishment for WrestleMania was actually me doing the AJ Lee dance. We combined them both. So, but looks like Andy's in the in the last place at the moment, which is quite rare for him yeah. in Wrestle League. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's on uh, Wrestle Talk clips, I believe. Uh, the AJ Lee uh, dance. If you want to mm. go watch it, it's over there. Um, Paul Lynch says, uh, hello, Rust Talk family. I've been watching for years and love all the content, especially during these hard times. Uh, I'm finally on vacation so I can catch a live stream. Much love and jam that jam. Jam that jam, jam. That jam Paul. Thank you very <clears> much, Paul. <throat> Bobby Watson said, shout out from Sydney, Australia. Australia. Lo- I love Married at First Sight Australia. It's my <laughs> new thing. I don't, I don't want the wire. I don't want Breaking Bad <laughs> anymore. I don't want the plot against America or any of your HBO gubbins. Give me very pretty people falling in love and then those relationships combusting in the most exploitative way possible with funny accents. Yes, perfect. Um, oh, I need to read this name out. Papa Delgado. Yep, said here's $5 just because. Thank you. 
Thanks, bud. Uh, we got uh, Miss Belinda seventy donated uh, without a message. Thank you very much. And one last minute super chat from Jobber JJ said NXT guy needs to tell uh, Todd Todd Grisham that TNA is better than WWE. Are you familiar with that meme? I don't think I am. Oh, back Which in the old. That? Oh, I wasn't that was when someone this. called in on the show? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard you How does it feel that TNA is better than WWE and Todd just gets really annoyed? It's very funny. Yeah. Uh, oh, and one just come in. Azo Smith, does Bailey by default have the best reign as SmackDown Women's Champion? Yes. Yeah, I guess want? so. I can't think of many better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because everyone else is kind of undermined at points. Uh, mm. So definitely. So this screen, Ollie. Oh yeah, screen, I I cannot wait to hear about this. I'm because this I is something. Am... What I like about this story, Pete, is how relatable it is to everyone. You know, like the great <laughs> bits of observational comedy where everyone sets up a screen behind them on a biweekly basis. Mm-hmm. So what yeah, what yeah, what, yeah. I, what I want is I I expect we're going to get a lot of correspondence about people's own stories. So yeah, let's <laughs> that, let's hear it. Wow, you just <laughs> really took the wind out of my sails now. Like, oh, I don't want to complain <laughs> about it anymore. Hey, tell you what, though, the thing that really sucks about it, and this is relatable for a lot of people, is not being tall enough to do it properly. Mm. That's what that's what it comes down to. Is has been trying to set this thing up, and it has two poles at the back, and you just lift up. It's like a rolly screen, and you pull it up from the bottom, and it attaches on the on the two top bits. Super easy, right? Except when you can't quite reach the top of it. So normally, you either have to get someone else to help. So it's a two-person job. Yeah, Two-person job, right? So they can hold the, the two back poles and I can lift up. I was like, I've done it by myself before, so maybe I can do it again. So I can, I'll, I'll use my sofa or something. I'll stand on that and then kind of just pull it up from the bottom there and then I can get it all sorted. I tried it today, and for whatever reason, it was not happening. It went on one side. It wasn't connected with the other one. It would connect on two, and one of them would just be super loose at the back, which meant that all the weight was on the other one. I was like, what? What is happening? It was it was, it was, was an ordeal, and it really hurt my back because I was stretching a lot to try and reach up and do it. So really, what this is, this is an HR complaint, really. Uh, <laughs> I have a risk assessed your new house. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a whole ordeal. It was probably about twenty minutes. I was there no. just trying to set the screen. Yeah, hundred percent. Twenty minutes Cause, is ages. Because I'm very stubborn, and I was like, I'm not going to ask my lady partner for help. I'm not going to ask her for help, and then I did. What have we learned from the support each other campaign, Pete? It's to ask people for help. She didn't get to sleep until after I woke up this morning. So what I was, was like, she doing? Not being able to sleep. So oh, yeah. like not watching Raw. She wasn't no. live streaming Raw. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> God, I imagine. Uh, yeah, no, she just she just wasn't sleeping. She couldn't sleep, so she only got to sleep at like seven. So I was like, well, I don't really want to wake her up to just put up a screen, but I had to at the end. So I was like, well, I need to do it. It's my job. <laughs> your your hot tagging life. It's like yes. my turn now. I I, yeah. I I I am only in jest. They are difficult to put up. Like I said, it is a two person job. I'm luckily, uh, luckily my my lady partner is awake right now to help mm, me do yeah. that. Yeah, uh, I've I've actually got a background story. Oh, here we go. All right. So, yeah, if people watched last week's Extreme Rules predictions with myself, Luke, Laurie, and the lovely Denise, 
you 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 would have seen that as a joke because she's a huge Taylor Swift fan. At points throughout the video, we would all change our background to um, a Taylor Swift picture. Now, I I went for the classic "I'ma let you finish," but meme, which is when Kanye West interrupted Taylor Swift in her VMA Awards acceptance speech. Something that I still find incredibly hilarious. Uh, this was before, um, you know, he he had a mental breakdown this week when he announced his presidential bid and launched his campaign there. Something mm-hmm. that I, I don't even, I'm not even finding funny. I'm just, con- I'm just straight up concerned for him. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He's, he's been through a whole thing when he was, you know, when he was full MAGA Donald Trump. And then he was like, just kidding, not anymore. And then he fell out with Trump or something. It, it was a whole thing. I don't know what's going on with him right now. I, ha- I The cynical part of me hopes it is just a big marketing campaign for a new album launch, and we can go, oh, it's okay, he's just an asshole. But right now, <laughs> I'm just worried about him, because <laughs> it seems yeah, it's, it's quite intense. Anyway, I don't use Zoom that much. We use uh, what we're recording on right now. It's called StreamYard. And then everything else we do is Google Meets. Mm. So when I use Zoom... I I I always have a kerfuffle. I'm just, I feel like I feel like my parents trying to operate Zoom when I do it. And the day after the um the predictions video, I had a Zoom call with a doctor. Because mm. don't worry, it's all okay, but I found a lump down there. I found Ooh. a little I found a little extra lump with the lumps. Yeah. And I I got it checked out. It was all okay. Well, don't worry. That it's, it's all over with now. Um, but this was sort of like the appointment, the follow-up appointment off the back of the sort of ultrasound scam, where it's very I've ju- cold. I've just realized where this story is going, Yeah. so please continue. So I loaded up. I'm a bit late, like a minute late, and they accept the call, and it puts me right through. No waiting room, no chance to change a virtual background, and there I am between Kanye West and Taylor Swift as a doctor gets to tell me that my balls are fine. <laughs> and he was taken aback initially. <laughs> he, sort of, he sort of recoiled in his seat. And I realized, I was like, oh, no. And I just kept on saying, oh, no, 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 like that. But I couldn't, I was clicking the cancel. You know, it just says, you know, make wipe the background. I was clicking that and it wasn't going away. And I just said, do you mind if this stays up? And he went... It's a welcome. It's a welcome addition <laughs> to a call, I think. <laughs> so yeah. So no, yeah, it was only four minutes long oh, the call. And he, yeah, he told me the it's it's harmless. A <laughs> little old lump there is harmless. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Now that's that is some relatable content mm. right there. Well, yeah, I, I I do encourage anyone, if anyone's like, oh, is that a lump? Just get it checked out because mm. You know, I think from what I researched, the pro- the chances are it's it's going to be okay. But the sort of mental toll it takes on you, it's better to know. Absolutely, yeah, hundred um, percent. There was something I was going to say off the back of that story, something about relatable concept. Oh yeah, when you when you are in a somewhat serious situation, you completely put your foot in it or do something stupid, and it becomes super awkward. The one thing that I will never forget a story from my friend. It's one of the favorite. One of my favorite stories to tell people, 
because it's just the epitome of social awkwardness from my friend and it was hilarious he went to go get his hair cut one day and then turned to the hairdresser this was pre-covid way 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 ago went to go get his hair cut turned to the hairdresser and just said so what do you do for a living (laughs) (laughs) just hang out here it was just just so like and then immediately just went and like uh, they just felt so awkward for the entirety of the haircut. They were just sitting there going, "God damn it!" <laughs> the whole time. It's, a, it's an awkward interaction anyway because you want to, yeah. you know, you want you want to chat. That's a good starting point. So what what is you know at a dinner party that would be that'd be a great conversation starter. Mm-hmm. Not yeah, at the but, place of work though. Yeah, exactly. That's that was his uh, that was his downfall. Mm. Um, uh, I think we have some emails. Uh, we can do some we can do some snacklash if you'd like. This is for people who don't listen to the SmackDown podcast. Don't blame you. It's me. Um, <laughs> we um, we have this thing because it started with Datsun, who for some reason really likes salt and vinegar crisps and milk as a combination, not like separately. It, it, combined, salt and vinegar milk, he likes. Super weird. So we, we sent out the call to other um, podcast listeners and said, email in your weird snack choices but that you stand by, you say, no, these sound mm. weird, but they are delicious. We had one on the last SmackDown thing that was like, oh, yeah, I like chicken and cheese. And we were like, that's just nice. Right? That's pretty, that's pretty standard. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty, pretty, pretty standard. So hopefully we've got some other ones here that are a bit more risque. Um, well, it starts off well. Hi, Pete and Randy, Andy Datsun. Sorry. Uh, firstly, you two are my favourite duo of Russell Talk. Oh, hey, is this why you're reading Sorry, this stuff? So, I literally haven't haven't even pre-read this. Amazing. Just, just banging um, me. Uh, so keep up the great work. Uh, my, my snack clash. A lot of my friends and family find weird is where the exposed ice cream of a chocolate top, an ice cream in a waffle cone where the ice cream is covered by hard okay. chocolate. Yeah. Into popcorn. That's. Ooh. Hmm. I mean. You can have sweet popcorn. I don't find that super duper weird. A little um, cold, crunchy delight. Mm, yeah, I, I could dig that. Uh, I personally don't find it so weird as people enjoying dipping McDonald's fries in ice cream, but a lot of people do find it weird. Um, I suppose that salty, sweet, hot and mm-hmm. cold clash is quite appetizing. Yeah, a, a lot of these snack clashes we're finding is like, I like this thing and chocolate because chocolate just seems to like go with everything, like a salty, sweet thing mm. like a salty chocolate does still taste good um uh who was that from that was from Corey. uh thank you Corey, for that email you're great uh we'll do another one here we've got uh oh one from hawaii from devon the the home hawaii. of the controversial snack clash one might argue <laughs> it's, it's pineapple true, yeah. and ham on a pizza Mm, yes exactly i wonder if hawaiian people are like we did not make that like (laughs) (laughs) that's not us get get that out of your mouth uh devon says how's it from hawaii guys uh got a snack clash that i know at least some of your listeners also love but everyone in my life is disgusted by mayo on your hot dog that's not weird that's just a sauce choice uh, I accidentally ordered it this way from a snack <laughs> cart when I was about six years old. Wanted mustard, but I said mayo, and I've loved it since. Ideal hot dog for me is topped with ketchup, mayo, and a bag of Funyuns on the side. Uh, P.S. Andy is right. We, Americans, have a fascination with pickles, and I, too, find them horrible. Uh, mahalo for the content, and tune that tune, Devon. <laughs> <laughs> I like pickles. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not one to just be like, oh, I've got a jar of pickles, I'll just eat out of it. But... I'll have them on stuff. I have them in burgers and all that stuff. That's fine. 
You're a gherk um, in, not a gherk out. Exactly. Yes, yeah. that's, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, mayo on a hot dog is like normal. That's just a. It's just fine, right? There's. I can't. See, I can't see anything wrong with that at all. Come on, Devin. You guys have got to be better than this. I, I need more wacky, crazy stuff. Don't worry. No one's going to judge you, apart from everyone listening. No one's going to judge you for your choices. I don't want to press you, Pete, but we're meant to mm. be live right now. Oh, we are. I tell you, the time. <laughs> I, I'm doing a Luke uh, where I've just completely missed the time. Uh, yeah, that, that's. I guess that's all the time we've got for this episode of the Rustle Podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back in the build-up to SummerSlam, I guess, is next. I guess. SummerSlam? Yeah. What, I you guess. mean like a me and you combo? No, I'm saying in general, the, the content oh. we're going to be doing, we're, we're, we're building up to SummerSlam now. I suppose so. It doesn't really? feel like yeah. it. That's a month yeah. away. God. Anyway, for, thank God we've got a bit of a break before then. Um, but anyway, stay tuned for all sorts of Talk podcast goodness coming in your feed soon. Thanks for listening, everyone. I love you all. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.